Welcome to the Novel Universe with Ashley and Dawn, book club buddies who love to read YA fiction. We'll discuss the good, the bad, the ugly, and oh my gosh, we need to talk about this right now. I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. And I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. So grab something sweet or salty and join our universe. All right, welcome back to the universe. That's the novel universe, and we're here for 2020. Yeah. We got a new podcaster, and she's going to talk about herself right now. Hey, guys. I'm Ashley. I am a, oh, God, I am a full-time nanny with a two-year-old, and I just cannot seem to stay away from reading books while my kid is napping. <laughs> it's something that I do literally all the time. Read fast. I read like, so fast. I, like, checked up on your progress on Crescent City on Goodreads, and you were on page, like, 500, and it was, like, the second day you got the book. And I was like, okay. Oh, but to its credit, it is a fast read, and we'll talk yeah. about it later. But it's, yeah. yeah, I'm just one of those people that I just get sucked into a book, and if it's good, I'm in it for the long haul. If it's bad, I will try and stick it out until the end. I'm like, I don't think I've ever DNF'd a book before. Oh, wow. I used to not, and last year I was just like, screw this. I'm just going to DNF it. If I don't like it, I'm not going to yeah. I'm not gonna waste my time. So I will DNF a book at 80%. <laughs> See, I don't know. I just feel like I'm, like, totally not letting the author, like, feel themselves out and to finish out the book. But I should have done it with Grasshopper Jungle. Oh, my God. I will oh never let you live this down. She made us read this book called Grasshopper Jungle, okay? It was great. It was the worst book I've ever read in my life. It's about grasshoppers literally mating with humans and it coming wasn't grasshoppers. In. It was praying. <laughs> it was praying mantises. Oh, it doesn't make it even better. Yes. <laughs> Grasshopper Jungle oh was the name of the alley. They rolled their bikes down. You see, I didn't even care. I did read the whole book and I hated every moment of it. Yeah, it's just. Well, that's how we met during um, Forever Young Adult Book Club that our library hosted, the library that I work at. I am a librarian, for those of you who are new to the pod. And how long ago was that? Oh, my gosh. Was it Seven like, years ago? Six? No. It was like nine years ago. Nine years Girl, ago? Girl, it was a long time. Wow. It was a long okay. time ago. Anyway, yeah. Don is, a, as you know, the criticizer of books, so her, you're intake on like what you take in and how you feel about books like just amazes me because I don't see books that way so I really enjoy like having conversations with you about it because even though we disagree on something like I'm excited to hear what you have to say that's nice no it's true like it's like if you disagree with me that's okay that's how books are supposed to be books are supposed to be like that not everyone's supposed to be like you too you first of all Ashley has an amazing memory if you have any questions on any Sarah J Mass book (laughs) Ashley knows all the answers she's like the encyclopedia of Sarah J Mass books (laughs) so anytime I have a question I'm like Ashley text (laughs) who's this character again oh okay let me give you their backstory and everything important about them down to their eye color okay pretty much so, all right. So, Ashley will be joining the universe from now on, and we will be doing our monthly wrap-up. So, in this podcast, we're going to be talking about what we read in January. We How read many books a, did you read in January? I read six, counting oh, Crescent City. But we're going to talk about Crescent City in a different podcast, so we're not going to talk about it here. Mm-hmm. So, five. I'll be talking about five in this podcast. I will be talking about three because two of mine, unfortunately... <laughs> rereads because I reread books while I'm at the gym because I just cannot read a new universe 
while I'm at the gym. I just can't do it. I need something easy that I've already aware of. I know, isn't that terrible? I was looking at your updates on Goodreads <laughs> and it said, what is a shadow? No, whatever, whatever, not the last throne of glass, but read six times. I'm like, yeah, I know. Times? <laughs> Era Fire is my favorite. Oh my God. Because it's where Rowan comes in and it's just great. <laughs> Okay, so spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go. We we contemplated giving her nickname. What was it? Mass Lover? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well we decided Mass not to call it. No, it's okay. I do love other books, don't you guys worry. <laughs> okay, so we'll we just go back and forth about what we read. And go first since I read a couple more. Let me pull up my Goodreads. I'm sorry, I'm not prepared. Um the first book I read for the month was Jane Anonymous. This was my first book of 2020. And boy, did it stink. So <laughs> let's get into it. Mm-hmm. Jane Anonymous by, and I know I'm going to butcher this author's name, Lori Feria Stolars. Um, I don't know why I decided to read this book. I gave it a one. This is not a great way to start the year. Um, What'd she do to you? She hurt my feelings. <laughs> um, I, everybody was talking about this book. It was buzzy. And I suffer from FOMO, the fear of missing out. If a book is buzzy and everyone's reading it, I'm going to read it too because I don't want to miss out on the fun. And I should have missed out on the fun in this book. <laughs> um, so, okay. So this book is basically about a girl named Jane. She is 17 and she has been kidnapped. And so the book is written the before, no, during her kidnapping and then after. So we, we get to hear from her voice after she's been home for a couple months. And that's pretty much what you need to know what the book is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so what I hated about this book is the writing. And that's usually my biggest complaint is the writing style. I like a beautifully written metaphorical prosy book. I do not like a on the nose where the author tells you every little thing. That just spoils the fun of discussing a book or trying to like have a critical thought or something. Did she do that? She did that. Like everything oh. is spelled out for you. And I don't like that type of writing. And even worse, it's almost as if, and I hate, I hate shitting on an author. I hate saying, I hate mm. an author's writing or whatever, but I'm going to. So <laughs> she, she, it's like she wrote a book or she took a class on how to write a book. And the book said, the class said, write your book in metaphors because it makes you sound intelligent. I don't know what she was thinking. Like, I'm going to give you a couple of metaphors that she was writing. And this is this girl just like having a conversation about her abduction. And this is how she talks about it. I'm still searching for my missing self. Just say that you're not the girl you used to be. Why do we need to say (laughs) I'm searching searching for my missing self? self. And this whole book was full of this stuff. This was my favorite one. And I don't even know the context of this, but it goes, in absence of 80 days, I can taste it on my tongue like ashes of cremated bodies over a slow, painful death. What the hell is that? I don't even know what that means. Use like a synonym for a synonym for another synonym. Yeah, like when people do that to make themselves look smart on an English paper. That's that's exactly what just happened. That's what happened. (laughs) She tried to make herself smart for an English paper. Oh my goodness, that's sad. I haven't read it, so I can't comment. But that's definitely what it's. Well, don't read it. Don't waste your time. I won't waste my time. And like the (laughs) the biggest, not the biggest issue, but one thing that I really hated what this author did is that. So when we first meet Jane. She has to go to her job to pick up her best friend's birthday gift. Her, birth, her best friend's coming back from vacation. She's got to go get her mom, or her friend a gift. And her mom is like, oh, no, 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 
no, it's too early. It's raining. Don't go. Let me go to this closet and pick out and give you these this basket of gifts that I got from the dollar section at Target, basically. She just hard Harper's them in her closet. Yeah, she just he, she just, <laughs> just like random gifts. Random like, gifts. Let me give you a package of skin yeah. stickers or and something. And so, <laughs> like, when you read about that character, like, what what to you says that mother is like? How do you think that? How do you think that woman is? Oh, overbearing and controlling. Yeah, she has an answer to everything. She, yeah, something up her sleeve. Something, <laughs> something. And instead of the author stopping right there and letting the reader say, "Oh." This is the type of woman this is, which is great, by the way, mm-hmm. for her mom to just go into the closet and be like, here, take one of these crappy gifts that I just happen to have on hand. Mm-hmm. That says a lot about this woman. But no, the author had to tell us exactly what this type of woman is. Mm-hmm. That is not good writing. That's mm-hmm. bad writing when you can't trust your reader to infer. And so when she gets, I'm going to say, like when she's home, her mom is like making her go to therapy and she's like, forcing her to do all this stuff she doesn't want to do and she cooks her dinner and Jane is like no I don't want to eat that because it's really triggering because her abductor made her eat something similar so it was triggering and her mom can't understand why she want to eat her dinner and so the author had this great opportunity to set up this mother-daughter relationship and she does nothing with it instead Jane is obsessed with this guy and I'm like really you're missing this opportunity to talk about this relationship with her mother and we're focusing on this guy it's just totally dumbing down her book and I hated every second of it. So I don't think you should, if you're a librarian, this book is what I call a starter book, meaning this is a book for a teen who's never read a book before. Well, they need something to help direct them in how to read a book. Is well, what it sounds like. yeah, it's like a teen who doesn't like to read. It's a reluctant reader. And you're like trying to find them an engaging book and you give them this book. Fine. But I would not give this to a book club, a teen book club, because they're there's they're not going to be challenged at all so no they're going to dnf it <laughs> yeah they're going <laughs> to hate every second it of anymore. it actually like i have a team book club and they never dnf they just okay. take forever and when they're taking months to read a book i know they hate it oh, but God. when they read it quickly i know they like it mm-hmm. that yeah okay so well. they don't dnf they either don't show up <laughs> because they didn't finish and they feel bad not like oh. adults who will come anyway and haven't read the book <laughs> And then you don't want to talk about it. You can't talk about you're it. you're like, you didn't read it. That's okay. You can spoil it. No, I can't. Because <laughs> then you're going to read it sometime. Yeah. Oh, so that's my review of Jane Anonymous. Don't read it. Your turn. That sounds like a great, a great book. <laughs> Not. <laughs> okay. So my first book is going to be on The Ninth House by Leo Bardugo. Leo. Lee. Leo. Leah Berdugo. I thought you said Leah. I said Le- Leah Berdugo. I thought you said Leah. I was like, that is her name. Leah, D- Leah Berdugo. <laughs> <laughs> Ninth House by Lee Berdugo is what I'm going to comment on. Don is criticizing me already on how I'm saying this name. It's ridiculous. Let me get past my first sentence, okay? Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so this book, if you guys have not listened to Don's podcast about it before, it is... She does a um, a read through with everyone and does uh, like six six chapters at a time, seven something like that. Yeah, time, where she actually like read it with everyone else, so we got to dissect it and everything like that. And um, that was really good, by the way, because I feel like I was having a conversation with you Thanks. about the book, even though I wasn't actively reading it with you as a read along. But anyways, this book is a total character driven story. It is Leah Bardugo's 
was it her first adult fiction yeah. novel, right? And it's based um, out of Yale University, um, and it deals with so many different topics. There's trauma, there's PTSD, there's healing, there is some really good um, growth in her characters that she does. And um, I thought the book started off super duper slow because it is a whole new world. It is, I don't want to say realistic fiction, but it is in a way because it is a real place and these yeah. these houses are, her whole map is literally Yale in itself, which you guys did an interactive map look at, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was not something I fell in love with and I was like, what is everyone excited about? Because this book is just dry as dry But the first chapter is so good because it's Alex standing in the mirror and she is bloody and like yeah. looks like she is like three sheets in the wind. And you just see her staring at her own self and it's like, okay, is this her staring at herself or is she staring at someone else type of a thing? And then she blacks out. She like digs in her womb and just blacks out. And I'm like, okay. And then it just starts talking about Alex who goes to Yale and she's not fitting in and she's wearing all these long clothes and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what is happening? Um, but I, I didn't trust her as a character for obvious reasons until there was a specific scene where you finally learn that Alex can see grays, which are a ghost format of I think it's just her what they call them, ghost. Right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But she can see them, and she, like, has been told, like, you're not supposed to make eye contact. You're not supposed to have any sort of physical contact because the ghost can overtake your body. Um, and it's just interesting that that is even a thing because she is sought out amongst all these other people to be able to go to Yale, and she's not a smart, a smart student. She is actually from a gang-related background um, who's just surviving off the streets. Her mom's a hippie and just all of these things. And she meets this wonderful Yale-bound male named Darlington who is just amazing. Mm-hmm. I love and then you learn that Darlington is no longer there. And you're like, where did he go? <laughs> um, so this book was just really awesome because um, once I got past page 130... I know, look how you know the exact page. I was like, I think it was 138 to be precise. There was an instance where Alex has a run-in with a gray, which really just shows her her actual true character, not the one that she's hiding, like, underneath her skin. It's like where you actually see her come through, and you're like, oh, she is a reliable character. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. You know, but it was a really tough read because, I mean, there is a lot of sexual abuse. There's gangway, there's drugs, and there's broken relationships, but through it all, Bardugo does a really good job of um, these female-to-female, like, relationships, like, her relationship with Dawes and Healy and, like, all of them. It's just, it's really awesome to see Alex's growth through the whole entire thing. Yeah, and I think her, that was the best thing about it. Yeah, and her need to just be, like, redemptive toward, because there's a murder in this book, and you don't know who did it. Well, you will once you read it, but you I mean you don't know who did it, and so Alex is like she feels like she needs to take on this heroic standpoint, and it's like where is this coming from? And you learn all about actually who Alex is, and I feel like Alex learns how to grieve, she learns how to love, and she learns how to forgive those who have been there for her. Um, and once you get past that part, it's really really good. 
But the house system did remind me, if I must say, of the Hunger Games and the different classes that they have. Okay. Because there are, I don't know where that came from, but there are these different houses. There's Skull and Bones. Spoken Bones? (laughs) Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones. (laughs) The manuscript and, like, all of these, like, different houses, and they all have a different name and what they study and that this whole book goes into all of that and I just mm-hmm. was like oh that's like Hunger Games all over again I didn't get Hunger Games but I could see how you could but get just, that but just a little bit yeah just a little bit because Bardugo did a really really good job at explaining these different houses which we will not go into because that's a big spoiler what did you rate it? I did rate it a 5 cool and the reason being is because I was blown away by the adult format of the book yeah and there was a bunch of twists and turns that if I would have just paid attention to one part of the book, I would have totally understood who did what. Yeah, um, I have an excuse because I read an e-arc and didn't an have e-arc. a map. <laughs> I didn't have a map, so I missed it. Yeah, no, I I saw one of them, and I think I even said to you, I was like, oh, so-and-so is bad, and here's my thinking. And you're like, just keep reading. <laughs> Let like, me know what you I'm think. not going to say anything. And it was true, but then there was someone else and some other thing, and it's like, you read so many books that you're like, you think you'll know yeah. how it's going to end, and then you don't. Which it I like that about completely threw me from a, for a left loop, and I was, I was really impressed with that. Yeah. Because not a lot impresses me. I, I think a lot of people <laughs> were like, I didn't like the book because... They're used to her YA writing, and YA is, like... Her Shadow and Bone. Yeah, and Six of Crows. Like, she has to keep the reader engaged, because she's assuming there are teenagers reading this book, even Mm -hmm. though it's a lot of adults reading it. But she has to keep the reader engaged, where it's, like, constant, like, every... Not every chapter, but there's a lot of action on the page in her young adult books. Mm -hmm. And then this book is not a lot of, like, action, quote-unquote action. I consider world-building and character development action, whereas a lot of people think that's really slow. So I think a lot of people are like, this book is too slow. And I'm like, "Mm, it's an adult book. And adult books are slow. A lot of them are. So I loved it. I gave it a 4.75. Not quite a 5, but it was one of my favorites of the year. I loved it. No, I was really impressed because it was probably a step out of my comfort zone with something that I would read. And I think the reason why I read it is because she was a YA author that had stepped out into the adult realm. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, I wonder how this measures up because I read Six, Six of Crows and I read, you know, Shadow One. Mm-hmm. How's this going to be? And I was not... I don't think I was ready for the type of world that was happening. I definitely wasn't ready. I was not I was not ready for how intense this book was. Like, no. I'm definitely going to have to read it again. And no. I'm really excited about book two. I mean, I... I... I can't say that I loved Shadow and Bone. It was okay. But I love Six of Crows, and it was really cool to see her grow from the Shadow mm-hmm. and Bone to Six of Crows. And I, Six of Crows is one of my favorite books of all time. It's mm-hmm. great. So I was a little worried how she was going to handle adult fiction, but I thought she... I she, think she did amazing. She is totally a Yale student. That woman is smart. Uh, oh my yeah. god like she can write a book <laughs> were you looking up some of the words that she was saying and yeah like, I, I was like I was on a kindle so I could just like is I don't know what that means define define <laughs> define I don't know that word <laughs> like yeah the vocabulary was definitely adult vocabulary for sure but even just like the execution of it and the character development and it was all like really mature mm-hmm. I thought well, yeah, it makes you think, like, what happens in those sorority houses? You know? <sighs> yeah, I was part of a secret society. We weren't yeah. that. We weren't. I was in a Masonic organization. 
that had a lot of like secrecy, but I wasn't into it that much. Not like this. Not like that. We weren't like Mm-mm. stealing people from the hospital and working on them, <laughs> like cutting them up and <laughs> guessing the up. stock market. No. <laughs> I don't think Masons do that. And everyone has like money into this. Like each of the houses are like funded, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But all right, what was your book two? My book two was Black Girl Unlimited by Echo Brown, and this one I gave a two and a half on Goodreads. By the way, if you want to read um, my, this is Dawn, criticize her books. If my, if you want to read my reviews a little bit more in depth, you can follow me on Goodreads, uh, Bang Bang Books. Um, so this one, I can kind of bump it up to a three, but um, this book is about, it's a coming of age, and it, the main character is also named Echo, so you can surmise that this is a autobiographical book. And Echo lives in a housing project, and she's surrounded with, like, drug abuse, sexual assault, mm-hmm. um, pedophilia. Like, her, oh her, her situation is bad, but she's a really good student, and she's trying to, like, use education to kind of get out. That's all I'll say about the book description because, well, and one other thing is that she's a wizard. I'm sorry. What is exactly. this? Like Vampire Diaries? No. <laughs> no. Or she's just like a witch or something? How is no. she a wizard? She, I, I think is that a, a metaphor? Yeah. Okay. I think, but I don't know by the end of the book. I'm not quite sure if she's really a wizard. Like, is this magical realism or is it a metaphor? I Maybe a little bit of both. I don't know. But that was the problem with the book. Okay. This book is dealing with some serious issues. Author Echo Brown has some really good things to say. Her writing was really good. Mm-hmm. The execution of the writing was really good. But this whole wizard thing was a total distraction. It didn't need to be there. This book really needed an editor to be like, okay, author Echo, you need to take some of this bullshit out because it is bogging down your book and it's making it bad. And if she should, if she could have just focused on poverty and how people's circumstances and poverty and how it affects like drug abuse and like I was saying drug abuse and pedophilia and sexual assault and you know that would have been a much better book Hmm. I just the whole wizard thing was just awful I wonder if it was like an underlying like it was that that you were trying to figure out through like everything that she was like going through and it just somehow did not tie mm, in. No. It sounds like she was just like, oh, and I'm a wizard. And oh, and the wizard said this. Like, No, it's like, she's like, I my wizardry has been passed on by my mom. My mom doesn't want to talk about it because she's a wizard too and my grandma's a wizard. I don't know. But it's basically, because I guess the wizards can see like this black veil over people and you have to like try and keep them away from, it's basically a metaphor for don't go to the dark side. Don't go to the bad place. Don't let this bad guy take over your life. Don't let this drug take over your life. It's, it's it. She can see it. But she so can, can normal people. Cloud. She can see the cloud. The basically. cloud of black. Yeah. Pretty much. Gloom. <laughs> it didn't need to be a wizard. It was it was distracting and it was it didn't like it at all. It is kind so. of disappointing because if someone says something like that to me as a fantasy lover over here, like I'm like, ooh, what are her powers? Like, what can she exactly. actually do? And it just sounds like it's just like a knowing. Like you just had the sense of knowing not to do something. Yeah, that's all it was. That's for, that's a shame. So I would definitely read another book by this woman. Uh, her name is Echo Brown. It's the author's name. Um, she, I think her story mirrors the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of looks like 
the girl on the cover of the book. So oh, that's awesome. I was just looking at the cover of the book. Yeah. She has some really interesting things to say. There was another moment in the book that I really kind of wanted to talk about where our main character, Book Echo, is walking with her best friend. It's a boy. And it's weird because he his parents are Black Panthers, but it's set in like the late 90s. And I don't think Black Panthers were around in the late 90s. I think it kind of ended in the 80s. I don't know where she was going with that. But anyway, that's either near, neither here or there. So... The boy likes her, but he's like, they're walking home from school one day and he's going on and on and on about, oh, the black man is, or the white man trying to keep me down and the poor black man, blah, blah, blah. And Echo, book Echo was like, um, you know, black women have it bad too. And sometimes it's because of black men. And he's just like, whatever, my problems are way more important than yours. And that's the reason why she doesn't want to date him because he's toxic. Yeah. And I wish Echo, author Echo, had gone into that because we don't see a lot of toxic masculinity in uh, among black boys. Mm-hmm. But she didn't. She just let it drop. And I would have much rather heard read about that than this stupid wizard thing. Yeah. Because like, that would have made a more entertaining story. Yeah. So. Through it all. I say read it. I say put it on your shelf. It is a very tough read, though. Like I said, there is sexual assault and pedophilia and drug abuse. Like, the book opens up where she's six years old and her mom is ODing naked on the floor. Oh like, that's that's the beginning of the book. So this is, you know what you're getting yourself into when you read that first chapter. But I think it's an important book. But wait for her next book. Hopefully her next book is a lot better than this one. Do you think it does the second book go along with the first book? No, I'm just saying it's 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 a realistic fiction, so okay. it's not like a series. But I'm just saying the next book she writes, I'm hoping she gets a better editor and maybe some growth and someone to say, hey, maybe don't put that in your book next time. Or I, it sounds like she's got great ideas. It's just like yeah. poor execution. Yeah, that's because exactly like the story what it is. that you're telling me right now. Like people need to read that. Yeah, there's people that go through that. Oh daily. yeah, in this in this town we live in. Yeah, yeah, it's, ter- it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> But we live here because the rent is cheap. That's exactly why. <laughs> okay. So my... Oh, what did you rate it? Did I you... rated a... I'm going to bump it to a three. I have it as two and a half on Goodreads, but I'll bump it up. Okay. Because of the wizard thing. Because of the wizard thing. Because it did sound like it was like a really interesting story. Those are tough books for me to read personally. Yeah. Just because, like, there's too many, like... I don't know. Life is too short for sad stories. It, it that's is. usually what I say. And that's like that's the reason why I get sucked into like such fantasy mm-hmm. realms is because I want to escape my reality exactly. that I'm Me too. living in right now. So it's like Oh yeah. I would much prefer to read fantasy because of that reason. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, there are some problems with fantasy, but we can talk about that another time because I have some really great reviews though on these. Um, so my second book was Thou of Thieves by Mary E. Pearson. She wrote the Kiss of Deception series. Um, which I loved Leah and Rafe's oh, story. Yes. Like. Love them. Oh my gosh. Amazing. And the Komazar and like the whole entire like city of Morgan and like the, they're the kingdom of vendetta, excuse me, on all of them. Um, so I was really excited for this book because, um, Val of Thieves is the second book in the Dance of Thieves series. Um, and it follows the same exact map literally as her kiss of deception so that was actually really nice because there's so few times that you go back into a world that Mm -hmm. you've already like explored and so the fact that like i didn't have to reference the map because i love maps um just to interject a little bit i'm noticing a lot of these fantasy authors are staying in their own worlds yeah like this one 
Sarah J. Mass is all in the same world. Lainey mm-hmm. Taylor, Lee Bardugo, like. Except for this next one, though, that she just did. Sarah J. Mass, she stepped out of bounds a little bit. Just a little bit. A little bit. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. We'll talk about that later. But <laughs> but I think it's great because, like, how much time do you think that they spend oh, building yeah. this world? Especially this book, the, the Venda world. The Vendetta world? Oh, yeah. Or Venda? Vendetta. Oh, my gosh. It's not, like. <laughs> what in the world but (laughs) and it's it's just great because isn't this supposed to be like a layout of the u.s right when we read it yeah so like it's supposed to be different parts of the usa you can get into that if you read kiss of deception because that goes way more into that world building there um so second book in her series and the story follows cassie and jace and they're on their way back to tor's watch um to reveal that Tor's Watch has now been granted an official kingdom in the site of the, the Morgan Kingdoms. And it is important because they are now going to be declared the first ever installed kingdom, which goes into the whole Ballinger line. Um, we learn that the commonly king of the area, who is Montague, has been secretly biding his time to take over Tor's Watch. Um, and so... Cassie and Jay's going to make it. You have to read it because I'm not going to give you any more on that. But the book's pacing was excellent because it was, I was really glad that I actually read the first book again because I would have totally missed like all of these people as oh, to totally like did. why they were important. I didn't know who the hell Montague was. Girl. I did. That I was remember. like the whole I know. thing. I'm I like, know. I remember nothing. Oh my gosh. He meets her in the first book I and like nothing. she's trying to pick on Jace, and he's like, oh, here's your queen, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> don't remember that. And they're like, oh, don't worry about him. Yeah, no, you need to worry about him. <laughs> um, so, my issue was, like, I have an issue with, like, couple relationships, okay? So, like, the first book, Cassie and Jace are, like, literally thrown together because they are in, like, a flight-for-life situation type of thing. They're, like, bound together and have to survive in the wilderness and whatnot. So, like, we go back into their relationship, and I just felt like it was, there wasn't a whole bunch of, like, struggle and I had an issue with that because I really enjoy, like, the relationship building and, like, she spent so much time on their relationship in the first book mm-hmm. and their struggles in whatever. And, like, Jace as um, the next Petri or, you know, or a Petri or however you say his kingliness name. <laughs> the Petri, he's, like, in charge of Tor's Watch. Girl, no. That's all right. Don't worry. <laughs> the Petri! <laughs> Um, and Cassie of Bright of Brightness, she literally came from nothing. She, uh, her mom was taken away from her, and we don't know why. But her and her mom, this secret like relationship, like how they would speak on the streets, and so then that way they could both maintain, you know, safety and whatever. And so everything that Cassie has ever loved has been taken away from her, and she has just learned how to survive, um, and whatnot. And I just had an issue with, like, their relationship because I just felt like we just moved past the importance of their relationship and the different things that they both bring to the table. But I could be just a love-struck dummy when it comes to that stuff. But Cassie is an amazing heroine in the story, and I love that she is still really flawed when it comes to executing different parts of the story. Like, she still struggles with being in the open sky, which is, like, something really big in the first book. 
Um, and that's where like all of her riddles come from that she has Jace tell her riddles and she tells Jace riddles just to occupy her thoughts so she doesn't have to think about the fact that she has nowhere else to like hide. And so that comes out in this book a lot. But Cassie's growth was something that I was extremely impressed with um, because she learns to be accepted for who she is apart from everything else against her. Like she just decides in her heart not to rebel against it and just to go for it 110%. So um, I still really love the riddles. There was a lot of closure in this book, which I thought that was really good because I was really worried that this was going to become like a third book in the series. And it's only two, right? It is only two. Okay. But she does a really well synopsis, but the last like 75 pages or maybe even a hundred pages, I just felt like, like we were just getting more information just to sustain all the readers. So they had closure. I feel like that's why she did a lot of it, which I didn't, I didn't feel like was needed for her first series, but I also felt like the villain in the story, Montague, like he just wanted everything that Jace had. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that, that was a big enough story. That was one of my problems. I thought the Komazar was way better than Montague. Yeah. I love the Komazar. I don't, I didn't love him. I loved, I loved his <coughs> villainous ways. He deserved whatever he got, but I love the villain. But there was did. like this issue with like something that they were creating or whatever. And I just felt like that was just so hidden in the back part of the story that it was just focused on Montague and I just had a really big issue with that just because I didn't feel it was important. Mm -hmm. Although the last page does give you some sort of closure so read it and see how you feel. I did give it a five on Goodreads but I almost think I might have been a little too generous and it might just be like a four, four and a half. I think I gave it a four. Because, yeah, like I said, I had a problem with the relationship because like there's just so many good things about the relationship in the first book and it was very much so like their relationship kind of drove the story mm-hmm. um and so this book it was like not having that i was like i'm missing something there is something missing from this book but maybe there wasn't no it was i, I mean <laughs> trying to be nice here but yes i think there was because i was like what happened like we're all of a sudden good to but there was some other things that happened that kind of made more sense as to why there was so much Okay, it's fine. I'm in my review of that book. I was like, I, I love Mary Pearson's writing. <coughs> I like her storytelling, but I'm I'm hoping that her next book is in a different world. I love this world, but I didn't like this part of it. I, I had an like issue the, with it, like just in, in in that sense, because I'm like, I understand the whole like songs of Venda and like the need for Tor's watch and like hell's mouth and all the other stuff. But it's like, I don't know, man. I feel like it, I could have just left with Leah and Ralph and mm-hmm. just a Rafe and been okay with that. But it was still a good story though, because they're her first, the first book in the series I thought was great. Dance of these was great. I like that one better than this one. Than this one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it is fast pacing. So there you go. My next book is The Midnight Lie by Marie Rutkowski. It is her first book in a really long time. I think the winner's, what's the last one called? Kiss? Oh, yeah. Was written in 2016. It's been like five years since she's published a book. 
I don't know what she's been doing. Dang, I was upset with her last book, but we won't I get know. into that. It's fine. I'm curious. <laughs> I hope you read this. I'm curious to see what you think about it. I'm not going to do any spoilers, obviously. All right, so this book, I gave it a four. Um, oh, this isn't a one? It's not a one. You lied to me. You said all of yours were ones. Almost. Girl. Not all of them. Okay. Um, now yeah. I'm excited. I gave Maybe. this a four. Her writing is still great. I love, I love just the style of her writing. Uh, the problems I had with this book were the main character, Niram. And I'm bummed by that because Kestrel is one of my favorite heroines or characters of all time. I love Kestrel from The Winner's Curse. She was a great character. Her and Arin were a great couple. I love them as a couple. Niram, on the other hand, in this book, ooh, 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 ooh. So let me say what the book's about. I forgot. Okay, tell me. Okay, so it's... Okay, so Niram is an unkith. That's her... That's her race she's unkith and unsith (laughs) and the unkith are made to live in a walled city it's called Mm -hmm. the ward and they can't leave and she's content with that she's just like resigned to it i'm never gonna leave everything i have is here she's 19 which is a little old for ya but whatever um and she's just like whatever this is it this is it for me and she's basically resigned to that fact and so this is this is a this is a world for you because this is a new world. Hmm. So that's why I'm like, that's why Ashley's name is Fantasy Architect because she likes worlds. I do. This is one of the problems with this book. It's only like 360 pages, which means for a, a fantasy book one, that's really short. It because is. Because you don't have time to really develop your world when it's that mm-hmm. short. So Niram, um, in this world, the, the emperor of the kith, so the kith live outside somewhere else. And the, I kind of liken them to the capital of the Hunger Games, where the people in the capital will, like, eat and eat and eat, and then they throw up so they can eat more. Oh. It's just, like, overindulgent. So that's how the kith are. They party, and they do drugs, and there's everything's just a big party, and they pretend to be unkith because they have nothing better to do with their time. So they pretend to be poor. It's like that. They're just so bored okay. with their life. They just, yeah. So... The emperor of the kith, he has this magical bird and it has escaped and people are seeing this bird. And if you touch the bird, it will give you some sort of power. So everyone's trying to touch this bird and Niram gets it. But then she gets arrested and thrown into prison where she meets the other main character, Sid. If you have not looked this book up on Goodreads, don't. Because, you know, in Goodreads where the side on the right side, it says what genres it's under. Uh It's going to spoil it for you. Oh. So don't look at it. Look at the synopsis if you want to, but don't go and see what genres is under because it's going to spoil everything for you. <laughs> and I'm so mad that it did this to me. <laughs> so so it's a relationship between her and Sid. And Sid is like, you need to get away from this world. <laughs> Sid is Kith, and Sid takes uh, Niram out and um, to, to open up her world a little bit because she's like... You need to you need to find other things to do. This is yeah. So then it's a relationship between uh, Niram and Sid. So my problem with Niram is that she's stupid. She's stupid. <laughs> she's just stupid, and she's naive, and she lets people walk all over her, and she doesn't understand when people are using her because she's a forger, and so she helps people get out of the ward by forging documents, and but she's being used, and it's clear as day. That she's being used. And that's another thing I don't like is the villain. The villain is so obviously manipulating her. And Miram is too stupid to see it. And everyone else around her is like, um, hello, she's using you. And she's just like, no, she loves me. 
And I'm like, oh my god, girl, you're killing me. <laughs> so I, I don't think Rutkowski writes good villains. I believe in The Winner's Curse, the villain was the Emperor, and he was barely on the page. Yeah. So she's not a good villain writer, and it shows in this book. Um, Although that her plotline, it just it has so much, like, you're like, you're wanting to see what's going to happen next because she does so well, like, writing. Yeah. Up to the climax, and you're like, oh, that was it. And I would agree with this book. <laughs> that, that is it? Like, I, that just flipped on the page. Whoa. I spent 300 pages, like, wanting to know what just happened, and it's like, oh, and then she fell I don't think the ending is bad in this book. I think I put that I liked the ending. I didn't understand it, but I liked it. So I need to go back and read what happened because a lot happened in the last, like, 30 pages, and I'm like, what? <sighs> but it wasn't bad. Um, the other thing I really liked about uh, this book is there's, like I said, Niram is kind of resigned to this is my life now. And she has to work with this boy who does the pictures for her forged uh, passports. And the boy, Niram, is just like, oh, he's he's handsome. He likes me, I guess. And... She's basically, he's like, come on, Niram, let's go. And he, like, leads her to the bedroom. And she's just like, okay. And she knows she's oh, not happy. No. But the <laughs> way Rukowski writes it, it's it's great. Because the they have, like, these really adult conversations that you don't see in YA too often. Where she's, it, they have conversations, but it's also her inner monologue. Where she is just, like, telling herself, why am I doing this to myself? I don't like this boy. Why am I, and, you know, she just, her inner monologue is like, very mature for YA, I thought. And I, I thought it brought some freshness to the story. Um, what I liked is Sid. Sid is a great character. I like Sid way better than Niram. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the romance was pretty good. Uh, something happened in the book where I was just like, I can't freaking believe it, but I can't say because it's a spoiler. Um, Don't spoil any more I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> I actually said a spoiler, but you're not going to hear it because I cut it out. <laughs> uh, but I, I recommend it. If you like fantasy and you liked the Winners trilogy, I know you hated the last book in the Winners. I, di- I was so disappointed. I know. And I, I but just... maybe you'll like this one. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, near is stupid, but maybe you'll like, maybe She's you'll find that well for this book. She's stupid, but read it. <laughs> That's the tagline. I'd be like, what She's the stupid, hell is but... happening? <laughs> Reading a text for me at like eleven fifty at night. Really, Don? Really? This happens. You I feel guys. bad that I spoiled it for you. Damn it! I tried so it's hard. Okay. I'm like pretending like I didn't hear what you just said okay. because I don't know what it means. That's probably a good thing. Okay, good. So I only have one more. Okay. And that's our. So, oh, Kristen's Eve. Yeah. So we won't be doing any spoilers on this one. We're gonna. I have more though. Do a little bit more intense on that one, but Don's gonna give you I some have more. Two more. And they're both bad. I'm sorry. Just sum it up, girl. And Just make it easy for us. I, it's probably books that you planned on reading, too, which is bad. I feel bad. Wait, Havenfall by Sarah Holland? No. I did gave you? up on her. Okay, good. For for a reason, because... Did yeah. you read Everless? I did. I didn't hate Everless, and that's why I decided to give this a try, but damn it, I shouldn't know, because it was bad. Because Everless was really good, but I actually... Did you read book two? I didn't on purpose yeah, because I read the reviews oh. and it was like, Ooh. oh no, they were yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, like I it wasn't it. as good as I thought it was going to be because Everless, like I gave, and I didn't give. I'm just looking it up right now. I gave it a four. I think I gave like a three and a half. Everless. You gave it a three point seven five. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Based on. 
Goodreads. Yeah, she she tried to do something interesting uh, with that one, so I appreciate. I thought that she I might appreciated have that because that is some world building going on there. Yeah. But then I was reading reviews of Everless, and no, I was reading reviews of this book, and people are like, "Um, this is a ripoff from this book," and I'm like, "Is she just ripping off other people's worlds?" And I just didn't read those books and didn't know. Uh, I can't remember what the other books people were talking about, but um, so yeah, basically this book is about. Um, I don't even remember the main character's name anymore. Let's just call her Tina. I don't know her name. Haven Fall, right? Is yeah. that what you're talking but about? I don't know her name. So it's it's set in the real world, but Haven Fall is a N-I-N-N, where these two fantasy worlds are in different dimensions, and they come to Haven Fall as a, it's like Switzerland, where, you know, they have to, like, meet, and they can't fight, and that's what it is. So there's two worlds left. But the other world has been closed down because they're full of monsters. And one of those monsters got out a long time ago and killed Tina's brother and Tina's mom. That's not her name, her real name. But I, don't I know think her name. her name is Maddie Morrow. Is that Maddie. Okay, Maddie. Yeah. Let's call her Tina. Okay. So <laughs> Tina's mom was blamed for her brother's death and she's on death row. So she wants to go to this inn and because her uncle runs the inn and she's like, I don't fit in anywhere else. So I'm going to go to this inn where, you know, I fit in because I know she goes to this inn every summer. She knows these people, whatever. So, of course, something happens to her uncle and she has to take over the inn. But all of this sounds like normal world building. Continue but it's so bad. Okay. It's so bad. The world is bad. Well, what you just described, I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. It's not, she though. Did. Oh, <laughs> Because we never go to the other worlds. We're stuck in this inn with the oh, prince. Oh, no. some, some prince and some but other she guy. Loves. No, she doesn't love the prince. Okay, but she, she loves, loves this other, other guy. guy. Okay. And it's so predictable. And I think in my updates as I read, because when I do Goodreads, I like update because I get frustrated and I need to like vent. So I vent to Goodreads. You do. You're like, oh, not again. Oh, if this happens and I think it's going to happen, I'm DNFing it at 80%. I don't even care. Yeah, that was my last update. That didn't happen, by the way. But anyway, yeah, her writing, and I hate to say this, it's so bad, but her writing is so uninspired. It's just really bad. And I don't know what I saw in Everlist that made me think that she was a good writer. You know what? I think it was because it was such a new story. Maybe. It was a new world. It's not something that we've read before, which in, in our day and age, you guys, like... A lot of the books that we've read are a take on Harry Potter in some way or the Hunger Games. Like, somehow they all, like, all these worlds just, like, blossom yeah. out of these two worlds, which I don't understand. <laughs> I don't I, I don't get it. And it's, like, just create something else and new. And so that's why I think I was excited about it. Because I actually got this book as an arc. You'd be very proud of me. Woohoo. Not Havenfell, but Everless. Well. That was good. Don't read Evermore because. Okay. Yeah. Well, but I don't know. Maybe who knows? Goodreads could lie to us because there's some people on here. No, that... they're usually pretty right. They're yeah, pretty accurate on Goodreads. All right. So my last book I read for January is *The Shadows Between Us* by Trisha Levenseller. Were you going to read this? I this was is like right up your alley. Going to read it. I mean, you still could. I could be wrong. Let's see what is it? Okay. Um, it has a pretty good. Well, it hasn't been published yet. Comes out this month. Okay, so this is a... I wanted to read this book because I liked Daughter of the Pirate King. I think that Trisha Levenseller writes really good heroines um, and actually pretty good romance. So I was like, woohoo, new book, new world. Let's do this. Hmm. Pirate Queen was great. Did you read that whole series? I only read the first one. Oh, girl, you missed out. I know. The Daughter of the Sight. Oh, my goodness. I know, I know. I think other things came up, but I didn't read it. But that is... I feel like that series, though, was very, like... 
That's not YA, YA. Like, that's, like, juvenile YA. Really? Oh, yeah. You thought that was juvenile? I think that's because of the fact of the crap that I've read that is considered YA, and it's really not YA. That was not juvenile. It's YA. It was definitely juvenile. (laughs) Okay, so The Shadows Between Us is about uh, Alex. I do remember her name. She she is a second daughter, so it kind of has a Taming of the Shrew type of feel where... She can't leave her house. She can't go into... So it's like a Victorian, gothic Victorian world. And so she can't leave her house because she has an older sister, and her older sister has to get married first before she can be um, presented to society. But her older sister has been turned down by the king, and their father is like, uh, your sister sucks ass, it's your turn. Get your dress on, let's go. So she's been, like, stewing all this time. My sister gets all the attention, and nobody pays any attention to me. And so when I get to the king, I am going to woo him, and I'm going to get him to marry me, and I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> so that's her whole plan. Wow. And she has learned to manipulate men because all this time she's been stuck in her house. She's been banging a bunch of dudes and she don't care. Who knows it? So. Um, <laughs> Can I just say the book description on Bookreads? Bookreads? On Goodreads. Literally, you just were like pointing out like these different points. You're like, number one, ooh, the Shadow King. Number exactly. Two, marry him. Number three, kill him and take his kingdom for herself. <laughs> exactly. What? Exactly. <laughs> So, anybody who has ever seen a rom-com or read a romance ever in their life knows that at some freaking point, she's going to fall in love with the damn Shadow King. Exactly. Yeah. So, the whole point of these types of books is you already know what's going to happen. It's the journey. How do they get there? Is it an amazing journey? It ain't. (laughs) So, this entire freaking book, all she does is go on and on and on about the dresses that she's wearing. And everybody wears these dresses, and I'm going to wear pants. And I'm going to wear... (laughs) I want trousers, please. I'm going to wear trousers. And the the king's favorite color is green. I'm going to wear green. I'm going to wear black, because black is scandalous. And so, then she just goes on and on and on about her dresses. (laughs) And I'm like, how about you develop the story and stop talking about these damn dresses? Okay. That's why I'm telling you it's juvenile. Okay. <laughs> I am telling you right now, and I'm clapping. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's not juvenile. It's oh. YA, but it's like. Are you sure? It's so. What's the word I'm looking for? It's like. It's so feminist down your throat. It's like women should be able to have sex just like men, and I shouldn't be called a whore because of it. Women should wear dresses, and no one should call me a whore because of it. Women should marry whoever they want, no one should call me a whore because of it. And it's just like shut down the throat all the time. I'm not a whore. <laughs> I know. It's like, okay, we get it. I don't like that type of writing. I don't need you to yeah. shove it down my throat. So it was a lot of that. It was very predictable. Um, I didn't love the romance. Uh, Which sucks because that's like the whole point of the story. Yeah. Because you know that that's what's going to happen. It's just going to happen. And that's the whole, like you said, that's the whole point is the romance and how it develops. And and there were so many plot holes in this book. I was like driving trucks through this plot holes. (laughs) And here's the major one. So he's, okay, so he's got this problem in, in his kingdom where someone is like basically being Robin Hood. They're stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. And people don't like that. And so she goes. Nobody likes that. Exactly. She goes to the king. He has a council, and they're like telling him what to do. And he's and there. It's not working. So she goes to the king. And was like, hmm. I've been living in a castle and banging dudes my whole life, but I know how to solve this problem. So this is what you do. And he does it, and it solves the problem. And so this happens throughout the book. And I'm like, 
he's letting you do whatever you want. He's listening to you. He's letting you rule. Why are you going to kill him? That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And I figured that out a third of the way through. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. Because I want to be a woman. Like, he's <laughs> letting you be a woman. Why do you need to kill him? Like, he's hot. Like, hello, don't kill him. So, yeah, I was very upset. I was I expecting to Daughter of now. the Pirate King. Oh. And I didn't Daughter get that. Pirate, that was a great book. It was great. It was great. And it was just, like, full of, like, court gossip that was so bad. Okay, I'm done. Oh. I'm so bad. <laughs> Literally I over remember. here, just like, oh, that doesn't sound like the selection at all with the dresses. Even the selection was good. The selection was better than this. I was expecting fluff from the selection, and I got it. I was expecting something, like, really good. Mm -hmm. Like a good heroine and a good... No. Fail. (laughs) FYI, she's writing a new book, Kira Cass. And there's a girl with a dress on the cover of it. Of course, because it's her signature. (laughs) Although I do own all of those books in hardback. I can one-up you. Because the dresses are beautiful. You can one-up me? I can one-up you. Okay, what's your one-up? We had, there was a contest back when the selection was in its heyday. And Do you have a dress? No. <laughs> one of the contests was you have to make a dress out of library materials. And me and Sarah Torres, one of my coworkers, we made a full ball gown out of freaking paper, books, and bookmarks. And it was amazing. We didn't win, though. She, we went to meet Kara Cass and Sarah dressed up in a full ball gown. I didn't. Cause and I'm, you could totally wear it. Or did you wear it? She wore it. And she and we she posed with it and everything. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if I have a picture of it anymore, but yeah. I would love to see that. I would love to, too. I don't remember where it is. <laughs> but that's how much of the selection. Anyway. Anyway, Dawn is a more diehard fan of Kira Cass. <laughs> Not anymore. After book two, I was done. Book three sucked. Okay. So yeah. that's the end of. The first book was really good. Yeah, I, I liked the first book a lot. <laughs> um, it was great fluff. That is the end of our January reads. Join us next month, probably March, second week of March-ish, usually when we do it, uh, for our February reads. And we're going to add in something a little fun. Oh, yeah. Do you want to describe Ashley? (laughs) So, Dawn had this crazy idea. I actually stole it from a booktuber. I can't remember her name, but I'll put her name in the show notes. As soon as we figure out who she is, because this is actually a really excellent thing to do. So, Dawn went to the dollar store, the Dollar General. To be exact. And uh, went into the romance novel section. It was actually a little spinny cart. There was no section. I'm sorry. It's like a shoe carnival. Like, (laughs) Like, pick out which one you want. And so she walks up and she's like, I don't know which one I'm going to read, Ashley. And what does she pick? The one that says her name in the title. So we are going to be reading On a Wicked Dawn by Stephanie Lawrence, a sinister novel. Ooh. You want to read the tagline? Yeah, are you ready? Marrying you will be entirely my pleasure. So <laughs> I've, I've never read one of these bodice-ripping dresses. I dresses? have not either. Books. Um, I'm really curious. Although she is in a full dress, which is... She is, but her bosoms are heaving. They... <laughs> and he is topless and her hand is on his thigh. Oh my gosh. Salaciously. Oh, so we, well, Steph, Dawn said to me, she's like, if I don't see any, her bare white shoulder itch, I'm going to be <laughs> His throbbing, <laughs> throbbing member. Oh what do they gosh. say? There's so many euphemisms for penis. Oh my god. Member goodness. appendage. It. <laughs> it. And this was 2002. This was published. So I don't know oh. how sexy it's going to be. It oh. might be. Girl, I just opened up member. a page and there was there's a line. We have sheer seduction. We also have 
Dun, da, da, da. Silk screened thighs. Brush his. It is going to be interesting. What page are you on? Did you just open up to something naughty? Yeah. She says her hand stole down his back to his hip, then lower. She tilted her hips fractionally, her hand gripped, urging him on. <laughs> So, we are reading this for a laugh because I don't, neither of us have ever read a book like this no, ever. No. So, this this might be dirty, not for young ears. If you enjoy this type, we don't mean to offend you. We'll try to be serious and not make fun of it. Um, we'll try. Well, I can't promise anything. <laughs> I might try and be really nice, but I'm going to be really nasty, I feel like. Yeah. Not in I a dirty not, way, nasty. <laughs> I am not going in thinking this is going to be a critical read. Let's just say that right now. Mm. I am not expecting critical. Read. But women buy these. I, they buy it for the heaving bosom and the throbbing it. The throbbing and it. That of is what I'm expecting. And something. if I don't get a lot of heaving <laughs> bosoms and milky white breasts, I'm going to be very upset. That's what I'm expecting. Oh that is what I want. If I don't get it, I'm not going to be happy. This line, <laughs> need gently. There's just two words in this book. Oh my gosh. This is going to be great. But we were joking, if any of you guys have seen Friends, about Rachel's hidden book, and Joey finds it. (laughs) They have a play-by-play. Yeah, it's historical romance. What was it called? The Count in Friends? Oh, the Vickers something. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's a dirty book. So we're going in. With nothing other than the heaving bosoms, as yep. Dawn has predicted. Oh, and there's a white horse-drawn carriage on the front oh, as well. Oh, I didn't even see that. <gasps> cool. This is going to be great. Yeah. This is going to be great. So. All right. Well, thank you for joining the universe, and we will catch you in the next podcast. Mm-hmm. We always have a shitty ending. Sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs>